today, uh, I'm going to ask many of you who are part of our church and have been a part of our church, whether you're an attender or a member, to move from a place of being a consumer to being all in here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. And that's what today is all about as we continue in this series called Do Something. And I'm glad you're here today. For those of you I don't know, my name's Todd, and uh, I'm the lead pastor. Really glad that you're here today. we got a big day, a lot planned, and so we're going to dive in. In fact, if you have your Bibles, uh, you can open to Matthew chapter 25. We'll be there uh, just in a few moments. And uh, Matthew chapter 25 is where we'll be. It's kind of a springboard to, uh, to what we're going to be talking about today. You know, I feel like one of the, the main roles that I have as your pastor is each and every week when you walk in here to lead you to a place where you're growing in your faith, where you're, you're, you're challenged. Uh, Timothy talks about uh, being stirred up in, in, in your faith, and I feel like that's part of my job is to stir things up for you, to get you thinking, and often... Um, Maybe not quite all the time, but I really, most of the time, I, I want you to leave either challenged or encouraged. I feel like that's, that's my role. Um, but today, my role is to make a lot of you feel a little uncomfortable, just to be honest with you. So I'm, I guess I'm giving you fair warning. That's why we've got a lot going on outside, is to help you as you leave after I've made you feel really uncomfortable. Uh, and so uh, today's message is maybe a little bit different, but I believe that today's message is also pivotal in the life of this church, as I believe that God is calling us to a new chapter in the life of this church, in the life of Hilton Head Island Community Church, and I'm prayerful and hopeful that many of you would join in and be all in in terms of what that means. Uh, before we dive in, though, today, I'm going to ask you to join me, uh, if you would, in a word of prayer, and let's commit uh, the next uh, few minutes to the Lord. Would you join me? Father God, we thank you for who you are, and we recognize First and foremost, beyond anything else, that you are sovereign, that you are in control, that you are the one who leads us and guides us. And God, I also thank you that um, you lead and guide this church, that you are in charge of Hilton Head Island Community Church. And Father, I pray over the next few minutes that you, that your Holy Spirit would be here and that your Holy Spirit would challenge. We invite you to investigate our lives, to pierce our hearts, to change us from the inside out. And God, I pray for those who are here who have been attending maybe for a while and they've never taken that plunge to be all in. God, I pray that there are many who leave today uh, with a new commitment to, to really join the family of God and, and be... Um, be at a, at a different level in terms of their intensity and involvement here at their church. And God, I pray for those who are already members and maybe they've just let that passion uh, just kind of dwindle. God, I pray that uh, you would renew that in them today. And God, I pray that you would also be with those who walked in here today who really don't know exactly why they're here. I pray that you, um, maybe they're searching, maybe they're seeking. Maybe they haven't come to a place of faith in you. And I pray that because of today's message and because of what they hear and what they've seen, God, I pray that you would do a work in their life that's extraordinary. Lead us and guide us now, Holy Spirit, in your name we pray. Amen. 
I've told the story a few times before, and, and I'll just tell a piece of it again. When Cynthia and I were living in New York City, we had left our very, uh, like, comfort, the comfort of Atlanta. Some of you are like, I've driven through Atlanta. It is not comfortable. Uh, but uh, we left the comfort of, of you know, uh, very much security in Atlanta to uh, help start a church in, in Manhattan. And many people thought we were crazy. Well, uh, we were there for about two years. And I remember one uh, evening sitting in our apartment there in Manhattan, in, in New York City, having a conversation that kind of, kind of like changed me and, and kind of blew me out of the water in a lot of ways. Uh, it, it was a conversation with the pastor of Low Country Community Church, Jeff, and uh, he was recruiting us essentially to move here and help start a church or, you know, a church, uh, a campus of Low Country. And uh, he was talking to us about uh, what it's like down here in the Low Country. And, and, and I remember asking him, hey, man, we moved to New York City to get out of the Bible Belt of the South and reach people for Christ. And now you're talking to, to me about moving like to Hilton Head, which is in the Bible Belt. Tell me what's compelling in terms of mission for God on Hilton Head. And I had visited here all through growing up because I lived in Atlanta and I had visited here, but I didn't know that much about the culture. And I remember him, he, he began to speak about the fact that uh, this community in this county is 9% churched. 9% churched. And what that means is, is they had done a survey that echoed another survey that was done by a professional group that does these kind of things. And what they found out is that Beaufort County and this town that we live in, this, this you know, community that we live in, that a lot of you live in, um, that this community is 9% church. That means 9% of the full-time residents are in a church, uh, like are a part of a church. And, and that meant at that time that you know, almost 90% of the people that live in our community uh, did not have a church home, unchurched. And so you have 9% church. Now, why did that blow me away? Uh, it blew me away in that meeting uh, up there in New York City because I would have expected that in New York City. Like, we knew going in that where we were going was an unchurched, uh, you know, area of the country. That's why we went we wanted to start a new church, and we did up there, and it's called the Gallery Church. It's going well to this day, uh, over 10 years later now, and uh, it's, it's really neat to see that and to see what God has done up in New York City. But in the Bible Belt, in the Deep South, to have a community that's only 9% church, 9 or 10 or even 11% church, is the opposite of most places in the South. Most demographics show you that like most areas in the South are anywhere between 70 and 90% churched. Now, um, that has no bearing necessarily on who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. Because we know that there are a lot of people that are gathering right now in churches just like this um, who, like, have still, and they do it every week, have not made a decision to put their faith in Jesus. And, and so we have to recognize that. But it is, even though it has no direct bearing, it is an indicator of, like, what's going on spiritually. And, and that blew me out of the water that, um, that there was a place in the South that was that unchurched. And, and I, we, I remember praying through, and, and Cynthia and I began to pray through, and I've, I joke around sometimes, you know, the beach and the gulf, and like, look around, my goodness. That was the easy part, right? I mean, that wasn't too hard to pray about. <laughs> but we had to pray about, 
moving our family again. And I got to tell you that that was, the, that was the compelling reason. That was the why. That's why I'm here. That's why we're here. That's why you're here. That's why this church exists. That's why this building that was once a warehouse that stored literally yellow pages and cable boxes, that's what this building did before we got it. That's why it looks like this today. It's for the cause of Christ. It's to put a dent in the unchurched population on Hilton Head Island, and that's why we, as a church, exist. And, and I want to remind you, of some of you, it's a reminder for some of you, it's fresh and new, uh, for some of you who are vacationing here from Ohio. Ohio. Okay, there you go. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you're just like, yeah, okay, that's fine. That's good. Uh, but like the, the, the whole idea is, is that we have a mission, and I've seen um, examples and I've experienced things where like an organization is either on mission or it's not. You're either like heading towards your mission, you're focused on it, or you're not. That's our, that's our mission. That's what we do. And it really comes from the idea of what Jesus did in his 33 years while here on earth because he spent his time loving and serving people for the same mission. And I, I love this, and we see it kind of on display in Matthew chapter 25. It is, a, it is a passage that I've mentioned many times before, but probably haven't talked about this aspect of it. But it really is a great example, probably the best example of why we as a church exist and why we do what we do. Now, 9% church, you know what goes along with that um, in, a, in a culture and in a, a society and a town, a, a community that has, let's face it, a lot of wealth. Uh, what, what goes along with that? behind the, the big homes and, and the big boats and, and the gated communities and the nice cars and the nice golf courses, what goes on behind that is a lot of pain, isn't there? There's a lot of pain and a lot of heartache because we're really good in our culture, in our Western culture, of kind of putting a veneer on that pain uh, that, that we don't want people to see. Uh, we're really good at like fortifying uh, the hurt that like we have in our lives. We're really good about putting up that wall. And here on Hilton Head Island, I believe that's exponentially true. We're, if, if the rest of the world's good at it, we're really good at it. Am I right? Let's face it. But the other thing is, is and it shocked me, is, is that you, you have this like false sense of everything is just perfect in my life. And then on the other hand is you, you have those who live here that nobody sees unless you live here for a while. Um, they don't have a wall up. They don't have the veneer. And, and, it's, and it's messy. Either way you look at it, life is messy. And I got to tell you, church, Hilton Head Island Community Church, that's who Jesus came to serve. Please don't miss this. That's who Jesus came to serve, and that is why this church exists. And if that ever changes, or we ever, if we ever lose that focus, number one, shame on me as your leader. But secondly, I don't want to be a part of it. Because church, as usual, is just not good enough. It's just not. It's just not. We have, a, we have as many churches here on this island as we have golf courses, and that's saying a lot on this little island. <laughs> that's saying a lot. And we're still 9% churched. And that's not to knock the other churches. Man, there's, there are a lot of other churches in our community doing great things. But, but Hilton Head Island Community Church, God has called us to a specific thing. 
He's called us to serve our community. It's our middle name. And it comes from this passage. I want you to take a look at this, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but this is such a great passage. I want you to see first and foremost that, um, when, that when we serve others, we're truly serving Jesus. But, but I also want you to look at this maybe from a different perspective. If you've read this passage before, I want you to take a look at this. This is Matthew chapter 25, verses 31, and I'm going to begin with reading 31 through 33. Jesus is talking, and he's been speaking in parables, and he uses, certainly uses an analogy here, but it's an analogy that is actually a picture of what will happen when you and I die. Okay, and here's what he says. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. If you've ever heard that phrase, we're going to separate the sheep from the goats, that's where it comes from. I think the goats got a raw deal and all that, but that's where it comes from, all right? So, you know, for some reason, goats, you know. So anyway, that's a whole thing, and we'll talk about that some other time. Verse 33, and he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, come, for you're blessed by my father. And we're going to jump back to verse 34 in a minute. First and foremost, I want you to see that when you and I die, and that's one thing that we all have in common here, is there's going to be a day of expiration. There's going to come a time when we die, when we pass on from this life to the next. And if, um, if you're here today and you've put your faith in Jesus, you have the hope of heaven. And, and Jesus essentially says here that um, he's going to separate those who did something for him. I went the wrong way. They're on the right. The sheep are on the right with those who won't. There's going to be a separation, okay? And, and first and foremost, before we talk about what happens there, we have to realize that there is going to be a separation, which means that you and I are accountable for what we do here on earth. We're accountable for our works, okay? Now, I just want to say this. A lot of times people will read this passage and they'll say, well, if you don't do good works, then you're not going to heaven. That's not what Jesus is saying at all. Jesus is saying that if you are a follower of him, if you've put your faith in him, that when you die and go to heaven, when that judgment comes, that your life will just naturally demonstrate service. And that's how you'll be separated. Are you with me? That's what's going on here. Now, let's take a look at what he does. We're held accountable for our works. Now, read verses 34 and then 41. I want to see these contrasted. Verse 34 says this. Then the king will say to those on his right, come to me. Literally, in the original language, it literally means, like, come here, come close to me. You who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom. I love that word inheritance, don't you? I probably am not getting one, but I still love the thought of it, don't you? It's a great thought. I mean, if we get to the end of our, you know, nearing the end of our lives, and somebody hands us a checkbook with a lot of money in it, that's fun to think about, isn't it? I love that word. He says, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And essentially, he says to those who have served him, come to me. And look at what verse 41 says. One of the most kind of direct messages that Jesus gives. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, why in the world would I talk about this on a day that we're going to have a church picnic? 
Like, man, the pastor talked about hell and fire and brimstone on a day we're out there. And by the way, there's some smoke over there. So I know, I, you know, it's going to be good later today, I promise. But I want you to capture this picture. And that is this. Um, our works for Jesus are simply a picture of our faith walk with him. Our works for him are simply like an indicator of our faith in him. And he says to those who have done good works, who have faith in him, come to me. And the others, he says, to depart. I don't know about you. I want to make sure that I'm on the part that he says, come to me. And I know that because of my faith in him. And because of my faith in him, that leads me to works. It, it, one thing affects the other. And then there's the part where you see how Jesus comes to this conclusion. And I love this. It's kind of the third part of this passage. And we're just going to take a look at the positive example. He says this in verse 35 through 40. He says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. And I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. The king says, or Jesus says, Then the righteous will answer him, saying, This is my favorite part. Please don't miss this. This is awesome. I love this part. Verse 37. Lord, when did we do all these things for you? When did all that happen? When did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you thirsty and gave you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And then in verse 40, he says this, the king says this, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, then my brothers, you did it for me. And that's the part that I focus on the most, but I wanted you to see that there is a separation, that we are accountable, that, like, that, that, that service is going to rise up within those of us who, who are, have put our faith in him. And because of that, we will receive the inheritance that Jesus promises. If I told you today that we're passing out bags of inheritance money, which we're not, Okay, we're not, okay? Just want to make that clear. As you leave today, um, but it's based on, like, your service in the future, you'd probably live a little bit differently than you do today. We're promised an inheritance from God that's based on what we do for him. See, our salvation is not based on works, but what we receive in heaven is. And so that should drive us. It should motivate. In fact, um, I love this. This is so awesome here. Uh, those who were righteous almost didn't even recognize their service. That's the part I love in verse 37. It's almost like, we did? We didn't know it. And I think when our motives are pure, um, we may not even recognize that we're serving people. And when we serve people, we serve Jesus. Now, why in the world? What does it have to do with anything? What does it have to do with do something? What does it have to do with uh, us having a new chapter in the life of this church? What does it have to do with you? Well, that's what I want to explain uh, for these next 15 minutes or so. First and foremost, um, I believe that our mission connects with this idea of serving people. Do you realize, don't miss this either. I know I keep saying that. The one thing you need to hear is this, and I've said it like five times. So they've got five things, okay? The, the, listen, Jesus, in his time on earth, very, very rarely met a spiritual need until he had met what first? A physical need. Water. Bread. Fish. Yep, wine. Okay? Jesus met a physical need, and every time he did that, it led him to meet a spiritual need. You see, that's our mission. Our mission 
at Hilton Head Island Community Church, right up there on the screen, right behind me, actually, to passionately share the message of Jesus Christ and to lead people to follow him. We do that, and if we try to do it directly, I don't believe we're going to be as successful as if we do it in a way where we are meeting the needs of those around us, the people in your neighborhood, the people, students that you go to school with, um, uh, men and women who are in the business marketplace, people you work with, um, people here in this church. See, I believe that God has called us to not be a church that is business as usual. It's not good enough. He's called us to something greater than that. And behind all these walls and big homes is a lot of mess. And some of you are here today and you're like, I know because I've been a part of that before. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I've had my pain. We all have. But that should compel us to reach out to the people who live in this community. What's your role? What's your responsibility? I, I want to I talk about that because church as usual is not good enough. What does it mean for you? What does that mean for you and what you do? How can you make a difference? How can you do something in your church here on Hilton Head Island? What can you do? I want to give you three simple ways that I believe that like we as a church collectively can go to a whole new level in terms of being involved, in terms of doing something for the cause of Christ and serving our community. And I've really, I've really tried to make this as simple as possible. Here's what you can do. Um, number one, you can attend faithfully. Now look, I get it. It is like herding cats to get here on Sunday mornings, right? I understand that. I understand that. A lot of you are involved, like your kids are involved with sports, you're involved with a thousand things that takes you out on the weekends. I get that, I understand that. Some of you are like, speak of inheritance, if I don't go visit my great aunt every once in a while, there won't be any inheritance for me. So I got to go visit her or whoever. I understand that. I understand that there's family uh, things and, and you're out of town. I get it, it happens to us as well. But here's my challenge to you as we kind of turn the corner as a church, and by the way, Everything that I'm going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about in depth in the fall. And I'm so excited about uh, what we're going to be doing, rolling up our sleeves, seeing some new vision things that God, I believe, has laid on, on our heart. But this is the first thing that I want you to do if you're a part of this church is attend faithfully. When you're here, be here. You know what I mean by that, don't you? Like if you're here in town on a weekend, on a Sunday morning, be here. Be here. If you're not here, check out the podcast. That's why we spend the money and the time and the effort to do that. Uh, is, is so that you can get caught up if you're not here. If you're here, be here. Now, why is that important? Is that important so that when my pastor friends and I get together, we can brag about numbers? No, I hate that stuff. I can't stand that stuff. And almost every conversation you have with a pastor, if you're another pastor, how many, uh, how many are you running recently there, Todd? Like, that's just the way these guys are, okay? If you're a pastor, and some of you have been pastors, you know that's how it starts. I cannot stand that. I can't. It drives me nuts. It's not about attendance. You know what this is about? This is about you. See, I, I don't want something from you. I, I want something for you. Because if you have a church home, if you have a place where you're anchored in your faith, and you have people that, like, you know, know you and are, are, you're, in a, you're in a group, and that's a whole other thing. We're going to talk about that in a minute. You're going to be connected. You're, you're going to be encouraged and challenged to grow in your faith walk. If you're not planted somewhere, it is exponentially harder to do that. And so I want to encourage you. If you're here, be here. If you're not, catch up 
on the podcast. Secondly, this is the second thing, so attend faithfully. The second thing is this, be all in by becoming a member of Hilton Head Island Community Church. Um, many of you have already become members. I'm not talking to you just for a minute. I'm talking to those of you who are here today and you've attended for a long time. And you're like, I just, you know, the church hurt me. I've been wounded. By the way, when you say that, you everybody's been hurt by the church. You haven't been hurt by the church. You've been hurt by someone in the church. Are you with me on that one? Some of you have attended for a long time, and you're involved, and you're serving, and you've done all the other things. You just haven't made it your home. So I want to encourage you. Um, we, as a staff, are putting forth a new emphasis and effort on membership. And we are ready for it, ready to go, ready to do it. Um, I want to encourage you to jump in and be, become a member. Stake your claim here. Say that you're all in. Uh, there, it's, we make it so incredibly easy. A lot of churches have classes. We've done that before. Uh, a lot of churches have had a series of classes. A lot of churches have had have series of classes plus an interview plus, you know, your firstborn. You know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding about that. But we really make it easy. On our website is a place all in. You can go there. You read this, our, our beliefs and our statement of faith. You take the shape assessment, which many of you have already done. And then you sign and return the membership agreement, which is a very simple one-page document that talks about what you're agreeing to. And I realize some of you have had, some of you have been wounded by being a member of another church, and I want to encourage you on this. You're not going to be asked to be involved in anything political. We don't have, um, we don't have church votes. We don't have membership votes. We don't get caught up in that kind of thing. We're governed by, uh, uh, led by our staff. We're protected by our elders. Uh, and we have a stewardship team that looks at the finances very carefully. And that's the way we're governed. So you're not going to be asked to be like a part of a business meeting, you know, once a month or once a week or daily or anything like that, okay? Um, it really is for you to have a place that you can call home. Yes, it's for us that we know who we can count on, but it's a place for you to be anchored. Now, on July the 16th from 5 to 7 p.m. down at the South Carolina Yacht Club, we're going to have a members-only event. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be food there. It's church, and there's going to be food, okay? There has to be food, all right? I get that. But we are going to um, have a, a, a members-only packet. Um, if you become a member of Hilton Head Island Community Church, we have a tool that I'm going to tell you about in the fall that we've already, like, got installed, ready to go, that is going to help you grow in your faith walk, but it's only for members because, what do they say, membership has its privileges? I like that, right? But at the same time, we don't want to be super exclusive. So we do want to give those of you who, like, say that your members something um, that is like uh, something that is you can call your own and, it, and it'll help you grow in your faith walk and I'm going to talk more about that in in some weeks to come in the fall but I want to encourage you to check out get on there connect in, in that way and, and then the last thing that I want to encourage you to do and this is really for those of you who have been members for a while and maybe that passion has faded um, evaluate your level of involvement what am I currently answer these questions what am I currently doing to serve the church in my community what am I actively doing to grow in my personal relationship with Jesus? And then what, what am I doing to consistently give financially and contribute to my church? At this point, some of you are like the guy on the screen. Oh, I hate it when they talk about money. Hate it. We, we really try to downplay that. But we also count on those of you who are members to give financially to what God is doing in this church community. And we rely on that. And, and we have an app that makes it incredibly easy to give, even when you're out of town. And many of you are using that. I want to thank you for, for doing that. We have a place you can give each week. We don't pass the plate 
on purpose. A lot of churches will pass a plate. Um, we don't do that on purpose because we want you to give um, to the extent that God calls you to give out of a heart for him. Uh, I want you to also realize and know, and maybe some of you remember, that 10 cents of every dollar that's given here at Hilton Head Island Community Church goes to our global and local partners and, and global and local uh, outreach efforts. And, and so we tithe as a church, just like many of you give a tenth of your income to the church, and, and my family does as well. And so I want to encourage you on those three. Be a part, attend faithfully. If you're not all in, join, and, and, and then evaluate where you are. And here's why. Here's why, church. I want you to hear this. Um, if, if you're not anchored, you're not going to grow. If you're not involved, you're not going to grow. But we collectively, as a body of Christ, are, I believe, have a great mission and vision that, that, that we're going to be announcing and talking about and, and releasing, so to speak. I believe it's a new day in the life of this church. Uh, and, and we start July 1. And, and I want you to be a part of it. Because it's exciting. I want to share a few things about what's next for Hilton Head Island Community Church. One of the things that I've been committed to is um, we got in this building in 2012, and we've been working on this building a lot. We, we renovated backstage here for our students. We renovated Island Kids. We had to raise a lot of money. We've raised about $800,000 to do everything inside this building. That's not quite that much, but about seven, dollars $800,000 in cash. Praise the Lord and thank you. Thank you those of you who give, many of you above and beyond your regular tithes and offerings. Thank you so much. But I believe there's a next for us as a church. Because if I'm really honest, as your pastor, I feel like we've kind of gotten into the church as usual kind of thing. And I don't want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of a church that is reaching its community for Christ. And so I've really ask God what that means in the short term, medium term, and the long term. We're going to discuss all that in the fall, but I want to give you some highlights today. First and foremost, I would love to see Hilton Head Island Community Church be the first call when crisis happens in our community. I would love that to, to be the first call, that they call the church. Because look, we, we can provide a lot of the answers, but essentially when a crisis happens, that's when people are most open to, to hearing the gospel and having their lives transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. I want us to be the first call. Secondly, I want us to make a connection with every teacher on Hilton Head Island. Those of you who are teachers, thank you. You guys are heroes. I'm not kidding. Thank you for what you do. Am I right? Give it up for our teachers and educators. I want to see us as a church pouring into those who have the greatest influence. And teachers, you all have the greatest influence. You're with our kids more than the parents are. And so I want us to pour into teachers. I want us to make a connection. Secondly, I want to express acts of kindness to those who are first responders in our community. Those are heroes too, our first responders. Two jobs, educators and first responders that are often unpaid and, and unthanked. It's a thankless job, isn't it? And I want us to reach out to them because they've got influence in our community. And they can change the world for Christ if God does something in their life. I love it. But not only that, I want to see every adult member of Hilton Head Island Community Church uh, in, involved and, and, and connected uh, beyond Sunday morning in a group come the fall when we kick off groups again. I mean, 
Church as usual, 30% of the adult population is about the average of people who are involved in either Sunday school, which we don't do, or some kind of groups, which we do. And I want to see us go way beyond 30%. In fact, I want to see every regular adult, attender and member. Why not? Why can't we say that our church has everybody involved in growing in their faith walk? I would love that. I'd love for each and every one of you. I'd love to see every Hilton Head Island Community Church child, ages from newborn all the way to 18, make a commitment to be connected in our kids or student ministries. We've got a great student ministry. We've got a great kids ministry. And, and I want to see all of our, our, our families connected in that way. How, how many of you attended beach baptism last week? Ra raise your hand if you were there. We had like 50 or 60 of you there. Okay. Uh, it, it, was, it was fantastic to see 12 people. We had 12 people um, baptized last week. It was awesome. Most of them were kids and students. You know what that means? That means we're doing our job, y'all. That means we are doing our job. But I think we can do it even better, don't you? I think we can reach even more. Because that's when they're going to make a decision for Christ is at that age. I want us to utilize our maximum impact funds to complete a, a playground for our kids and basketball courts for our students back behind this building. I, I want this area behind the building to not look like it's an area behind a warehouse anymore. <laughs> I, I want it to, to look like a church and be a place where uh, when we have our next picnic that um, our students can go out and shoot some hoop and we have a place for our kids to play on the playground. And, and so I'm excited about that in the future. Uh, um, Many of you know that we've been in a five-year lease with our landlord here in this building and that building next door, the garage, and the three acres that, that make up our property. And we feel like this is um, where we're anchored in our community. We feel like this is home. The, the story of God leading us here is just a God, it's an amazing God thing, and I'm not going to go into that today, but um, it's just amazing how God even led us here and the fact that you all have been obedient to him and, and we've been able to do everything inside with cash. It's incredible. But uh, we're, we were entered a five-year lease with Hargrave, and the clock is ticking. And so for the past year, we've been working with a bank, and we've been working with Hargrave uh, to bring this thing and exercise our option to purchase this property from Hargrave. And we are very, very close to, to closing on a loan and buying this property that we're on. And I'm so excited about that. It's going to be great. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that great? But I also believe that God has called us as a church to not be strapped by debt. As an elder board years ago, we made the decision that we would take on debt as long as it wasn't long term. And I, as your pastor, want to stay faithful to that commitment. And so I believe the next big thing for us in terms of our facility is getting that closed and then paying for it. And I believe that, you, that we as a church can be debt-free by 2020 and still create a little bit more space for our current facilities, for our offices, and for adult space. And we need adult space, and we need offices. I've moved my office three times. I think my next move is going to be out on a picnic table outside. Uh, and I'm fine with that. That's a great indication, isn't it? I mean, that's a good thing. All good factors. But y'all, I want us to be debt-free. Because... If, if we say that we're going to have debt for the next 30 years, that's going to strap the ministry, right? It's going to cause us 
to not be able to reach our community to the full capacity that we believe that God can do. And lastly, I want to see us just do kind of a facelift around here. Design better entrances in our facility, create inviting landscapes, and, and just make some, make some nice-looking places. It just doesn't look just like a warehouse that was turned into a church. You know, I, I dream of us not being the kind of church that's always asking the community to come to us, even though we do that on occasion. I want us to be out in the community because church is not about a building. I want you to hear that. It is not all about a building. It's not all about a facility. A facility is, is something that is necessary, and I believe that we use God's money to the best that we can. I believe we stored that very well as a church, but I want us to be more about the community than we are about a building. And so by 2020, I want the building issue to be behind us so that we can fully see the potential that God has for us not being church as usual. You see, church as usual is safe. Church as usual is secure. Church as usual leads to complacency and contentment. Church as usual, man, it's just... It's nice and warm. feels good. It's for us. But I don't want us to be a church as usual. Do you? Do you? Do you want to be a church as usual? It's a lot of those around. I don't want to be church as usual. I want us to see God fulfill the vision that he has for us and the mission that he has for us. And that means that over the course of the next three to four years, there are going to be times when uh, it's going to be scary. There are going to be times when you and I are probably going to have the natural human tendency to be fearful. But i got to tell you, if we can count on each other and know that we can count on the one who's really in control, there is absolutely no reason that we have to fear. Would you pray with me this morning? God, I thank you for the opportunity for us to do something in our church. God, not only is, is doing something for your kingdom something that those of us who are in the older generation need to pass down to the younger generation, and it's not only for those who are going through a, a major change uh, in their life and their ministry. By the way, I'm going to ask the elders uh, and stewardship team to come on up here for a moment. Uh, not only is it um, us uh, reaching uh, those who are a part of this church for you, but doing something uh, for you in this community means a real commitment on behalf of those of us who are all in to, to not be church as usual. And God, I pray with these men behind me and, and um, God, the teams that uh, we have, these men who are part of the stewardship team and elder team, um, and God, I thank you for the men and women, some of whom are on our stewardship team and our staff team. God, I thank you so much for their leadership and that they're uh, here today standing in, in support of the vision that God has given us. And God, as we embark on a new journey, I pray that we as a people would rely on you and trust in you. And God, in those moments where we're fearful about what the future may bring, God, I pray that we would realize that you're in charge, that you're in control. And God, that we have an army of people that we can walk arm in arm with, that we can walk hand in hand with, people that are just like us, who are called to reach this community arm in arm, ready to take on our community for you. God, may we not be fearful of the rejection that we may face. 
God, may we not be fearful of the criticism that comes our way. May we not be fearful of, of those who uh, stand and mock and, and, and uh, criticize and, and God carry a, a, a God just a mindset of, of confusion. God, may we not be fearful of reaching beyond the walls and the homes into the messy situations that exist behind them. May we not be fearful about reaching into parts of our community um, that look unfamiliar to us. But God, may we be on mission for you. May we take seriously our role as attenders and members in this, your work. And God, I pray for many who may be here today, who've been attending for a long time, and today they've been challenged by what they've seen or, or heard or sung. God, um, I, I pray that there, there may be many who move from a place of just kind of testing the waters to a place of full commitment for you, all in for the cause of Christ. And God, I pray for those who are already members, and I thank you for their generosity. I thank you for their level of commitment to service. And God, I thank you for those who came in here today. And God, maybe they're on the fence with you, and I pray that you would do a, a work in their life that would be absolutely amazing. And God, I thank you for what you're doing in the life of Hilton Head Island Community Church. You guys can take off. God, we give it to you, and we just pray that you would help us to be fearless in the midst of what you've called us to do. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.